Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hit it! You see what happened in Chicago again? More evidence that this is the election cycle brought to you by Saul Alinsky. Stand by! The doors to the newsroom are locked on the PC. Police are not getting in, so sit back and relax as we unfold today's edition of the Ledger Report. And in San Diego, one anchor man was more man than the rest. His name was Graham Ledger. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. Stop tape. What you're listening to is chaos and anarchy on the streets of one of the greatest cities on the planet. We used to call it Chicago. Now we simply call it brought to you by Mayor Lightweight. Uh, this is uh, chaos and anarchy. And it is depicting Americans, criminals, effectively running one of the greatest cities on earth. Chicago has certain parts of Chicago has completely descended into chaos, which is what Saul Alinsky and Cloward Piven later on would have been applauding right now. If part of their goal is to take over this country and to rework this country in their image, it's happening. It's happening in Portland, but now it's happening in Chicago. And these people, what, what, what this sound, this particular sound, there's, there's hundreds of other examples of it, of what's going on in Chicago. This is uh, on the streets of Chicago, somewhere on the loop, I think, um, where these so-called peaceful protesters uh, wearing masks, not because they're worried about spreading the Wuhan coronavirus, but because they want to cover their identity, they want to conceal their identity. So these people are cheering on a vehicle, a white car, as it drives up over the curb, onto the sidewalk, and straight into a plate glass window with the goal of shattering the window and then allowing these peaceful protesters to go inside and clean out what's ever inside this particular store. It's a Gucci store. I don't know. It's a uh, coach coach bag store. It's a clothing store. It's Banana Republic. I don't know what it is. I just know that it's owned by a private citizen or, or private company 
that is functioning, or at least trying to, in our free market society, in our capitalist society, in our constitutional republic, based on the founding documents, including the Declaration of Independence, that everybody has the right for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, these people bashing in this store window are certainly pursuing happiness, but they're not doing it under the law, which is prescribed in the United States Constitution and, among other places, equal protection under the law. These people who are running this store, whoever owns it, has a right to be protected, and Mayor Lightweight is refusing to do so. And so the inmates in Chicago are running the asylum. Roll tape. Bam. Ooh, bam. One more time. So the car smashes into the window, shatters the window, and these criminals, wearing masks, go into the store and loot it. And so this has been repeated now in Chicago multiple times on the weekend, not to mention, separate issue, of course, all the shooting deaths and and the injuries and wounds suffered by the war that continues to go on in certain areas of Chicago, unabated by the radical Democrat leadership in the Windy City. So this is a separate little fire that's now brewing um, in, in the Loop area, the downtown region, if you're not familiar with Chicago, where there are nice stores like Nordstrom and uh, formerly Neiman Marcus, which is now bankrupt because of the government response to the Wuhan coronavirus, and a bunch of other stores that are now being targeted by these criminals. And so what does Mayor Lightweight do? She doesn't arrest these people. She doesn't hold them accountable. She doesn't say, hey, you know what? Um, You people are criminals. I'm going to unleash the police on you. President Trump, can you help me? We'll send in the National Guard and we'll protect these stores. No, she doesn't do do any of that. What does she do? She raises the bridges. You know, Chicago has a series of of, of bridges, and and some of them are are, uh, toll bridges. Um, and, and some of them are, uh, what are you, I'm searching for the term. What is the term when you have a, 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 the bridges that go up and down? Um, the suspension um, bridges, I, I forget the name. I'm blanking on the name. But the bottom line is, you know, like London Bridge. <laughs> now, London Bridge is falling down. Now it's in Arizona. But it, it, uh, these are bridges that, that can be raised to let ships through. So she raises the bridges. She lifts these bridges up and then leaves them up so that people can't traverse from one side of Chicago to the other. So she effectively cuts off travel. Now, travel is an interesting concept that is being attacked during this Wuhan coronavirus response, but from time to time is under assault by these radicals who run these major cities and many of the states. Travel is an interesting concept. It really doesn't exist per se in the United States Constitution, but it is a fundamental theme that runs throughout the United States Constitution. And that is when they were setting up this republic, the 13 colonies, the framers of the Constitution knew that 
one of the implied rights contained within the Constitution, as the country would grow, the new country would grow, is the ability of the American people to move between the states, a.k.a. travel. Of course, jets didn't exist then, and the modern automobile and other forms of transportation didn't exist then, but the movement of people, the movement of families, and the movement within the borders of this country is crucial and fundamentally protected in the United States Constitution. And so what does Andrew Cuomo do in New York? He shuts down travel, effectively. What does Gavin Newsom do in in California? Shuts down travel, effectively, in California. What does the governor of Hawaii do? Shuts down... I can't wait to see the budgetary numbers and the budgetary shortfall in Hawaii. It's going to be catastrophic. Imagine the, the billions of dollars that... Hawaii is losing out on right now because of the moratorium, effectively. I mean, it's a 14-day quarantine, right? Nobody's going to go to Hawaii, quarantine for 14 days, and then spend a week on Maui. It's not going to happen, right? And this has been in place for many months now. So the budgetary shortfall uh, in Hawaii is going to be catastrophic. And so what is the radical governor of Hawaii going to do? Well, they're going to turn to he's going to turn to the residents. He's going to probably increase the hotel tax and all kinds of other travel taxes. It's going to make it more difficult to go to, more expensive to go to Hawaii. Sure, that's going to happen for sure. But he's also going to attack the people who live there. He's going to raise taxes on the people. Although for bread, last time I was in Hawaii it was quite expensive. Not to mention a gallon of gas. I can only imagine as they start tallying up the damage in Hawaii. But back to the fundamental point of transportation and travel in this country. Without even a blink of an eye, this mayor lightweight cuts off travel, cuts off transportation. I mean, imagine if you're trying to work, you're trying to go from point A to point B, and you use one of these bridges that's now up to stop a very, very small percentage of the population of Chicago from destroying itself. Imagine if you're just a normal individual and you've got to go to work and you can't now because Mayor Lightweight raised the bridges. But no one speaks of this this fundamental point that I am trying to hit on. And, And that is these radicals just in on a whim will attack this fundamental right of Americans to move within a city, within a neighborhood within a city, within a county, within a state, and between the states. And our fundamental right to even leave this country is being impinged upon. I I know there are down along the border in, in San Diego between Mexico and California, our border patrol, this never happens, never happens. Our INS, not INS, the Department of Homeland Security agents, um, border agents, if you will, are now setting up checkpoints going into Mexico, going down into Tijuana and Baja, California. And this is unheard of. From time to time, I don't believe they're there 24-7, But they're setting up checkpoints and they're trying to dissuade Americans from leaving. (laughs) 
the United States, a.k.a. San Diego residents or L.A. residents that are going down to TJ for whatever purpose. They're not necessarily leaving this country and denouncing their U.S. citizenship. But the point is, even that travel is being restricted. And the framers of the Constitution, of course, they're spinning in their graves over the government response to the Wuhan coronavirus. But this fundamental aspect of being able to move about the country that is being crushed by these radicals is very, very troubling. And they're getting away with it, of course, because, largely speaking, the United States Constitution is not being taught to generations now of people. And this this fundamental right of being able to move, movement is liberty. And so when you... You attack movement and you restrict movement. You are restricting liberty. And virtually nobody wants to talk about this. It's not being discussed at any level. I have heard nobody bring up this issue. At the federal level, state level, local level, absolutely nobody. But it's part of the fundamental rights that we have as Americans and it's part and parcel to the attacks that we're seeing against our constitutional and our God-given rights by these radicals in these blue cities and, and blue states. So Chicago raises the bridges. They have no concern, it seems, uh, to go after these rioters and these looters and these criminals. They're raising the bridges to stop them. <laughs> but they're not pursuing them. Yeah, there's all kinds of social media videos out there, right? There's tons of social... Just go on Twitter or go on Facebook, poke around out there. There's tons of video of these looters. It doesn't take a rocket scientist and an Ace Ventura detective to be able to track these people down. Because, you know, even though some of them are wearing masks, they're getting pulled down and they... Yeah, it's hot. You get kind of, you know, steamy. A little bit warm, you get kind of sweaty in Chicago when you're breaking into stores and you're looting. It's it's difficult work. So oftentimes that mask falls off or gets pulled down so you can breathe a little bit easier as you're stealing handbags. And so why not use social media to track down these criminals? Uh, I think the answer is, this out of Fox 5 New York, this headline, Chicago to use social media to track tourists violating the quarantine. <laughs> so you see, Mayor Lightweight is, is more concerned about tracking down little old Graham Ledger if he happens to travel to Chicago and, my word, doesn't wear a mask while walking around the loop downtown. Ah, but if you have these criminals down there not wearing a mask... Uh, they're not going to go after them on social media. They're going to go after little Graham Ledger as he uh, tries to spend his tourist dollars uh, in Chicago and tries to move about the country from state to state. I wouldn't go to Chicago if you paid me right now for a multitude of reasons. It's a great city. It's a wonderful city. I'm not degrading Chicago and the people who live in Chicago. I'm questioning um, your political veracity. And then maybe you ought to think about somewhere else to live, not because of just this, but because 
um, you're being governed by radicals and you're losing your constitutional rights. But the bottom line is they don't care in Chicago about going after the criminals. They care about going after law-abiding, constitution-loving Americans. And the mainstream media doesn't care either. I saw some reports on this. They say, well, a few people uh, protested and a few people broke into some uh, shops. There was a little bit of damage. Let's move on to the next story. And the next story is Sturgis, right? Sturgis. They send a reporter to that. They don't care about Chicago. They don't send a reporter down to cover the looting and the rioting and the chaos and the attacks on the free market. No. They send a reporter to Sturgis where we know we have these motorcycle enthusiasts gathering and trying to have a normal summer. What an amazing thought, right? But all the mainstream media can do is criticize and say, well, there are a lot of people. There are thousands, tens of thousands of people. But we didn't see a lot of social distancing. Johnny, back to you in the studio. You didn't see a lot of social distancing, Sally, did you? No, Johnny. We saw a lot of people not wearing masks. Sally, is that right? A lot of people not wearing masks? Yes, Johnny, you in the studio, a lot of people not wearing masks. Sally, that means that, well, 14 days from now, we're going to have to track these people down and find out how they have spread the Wuhan coronavirus, these evil Americans who are trying to go on with their lives, who are trying to enjoy their freedom, who are trying to enjoy the summer of 2020, which is being destroyed by so many governors and so... I don't know where these people are from, Sturgis. They're probably a lot of people from, probably a lot of people from red states, but I would imagine a certain percentage of people from blue states that are living like prisoners. I bet a lot of people from California descended on Sturgis in their, in their bikes, and why not? Maybe they have a little bit of freedom to go to a restaurant. Imagine that. You know, parts of California, you can't even go inside a restaurant right now. They're setting up tables in parking lots and on sidewalks and on the streets. This is pathetic. This is absolutely pathetic what we're living through as Americans. And I hope and I pray that history treats this correctly and looks back and says, what in the hell were you people doing? What in the hell were you people thinking ordering to wear masks when you know that masks do not mitigate the spread of any virus. Why were you doing that? Why were you forcing people inside when you knew that the Wuhan coronavirus was 18 times more transmissible indoors versus outside? Why were you sending people, Andrew Cuomo, who were sick into nursing homes where we knew that that was the most vulnerable of our population? Why were you people doing this incredibly stupid stuff, social distancing? based on a sophomore's high school science project of 15 years ago. And that is the foundation for what we do to try and mitigate the spread of a virus that mankind has no control over. Absolutely none. And so here's Donald Trump trying to help alleviate a situation in Washington, D.C. that is it's mind-boggling to me. That Democrats and Republicans alike want to spend trillions more dollars. I, I just can't wrap my head around it. The American people don't need more unemployment. 
the American people need employment. And how do we get that? Well, there's only one way right now, and that is get government at all levels the hell out of the way. Yet we have these people in D.C., they're politicians in the end, they want to get reelected. And, oh, Mitch McConnell wants to get reelected, and he's, eh, he's probably going to cruise to victory. Uh, although if you read some mainstream media reports, he's actually being challenged. I don't believe it. I believe Mitch McConnell's fine. But just in case, he's a politician, right? And old Turkey Neck wants to make sure, well, we're going to have to spend, uh, we're gonna have to spend a, 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 a fair amount of money. We're going to have to have some sort of a government response to uh, our, our next, uh, our next, you know, doesn't want to use the word bailout, our, our next relief package. It's a bailout. And the Democrats are pushing hard for the money to go to the states, right? Because before the Wuhan coronavirus, we know that Andrew Cuomo had billions and billions and billions of dollars in a budget deficit before the Wuhan coronavirus. And we know that California, Governor Newsom, even though they magically balanced the books every year, every, every fiscal year, they magically balanced the books because they're cooking the books, because they're doctoring the numbers. California has to have a balanced budget, quote, balanced budget, but all they do is just kind of jigger the numbers and move things around and say, hey, don't pay attention to CalPERS over here, which is billions, tens of billions of dollars in the red. That's the state retirement program for all of these former employees paid by the state that's in huge economic trouble that is imploding, but nobody wants to deal with it in California. And so they say, oh, we have a balanced budget, when in reality they don't. So there's a huge hole in California. All of these blue states have huge budget shortfalls. And so what does Nancy Pelosi want to do? Well, of course, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer want to bail out the states. And anything this president does, absolutely anything this president does, as people have joked, he could come up for a, with a cure for cancer and Nancy Pelosi would reject it as smoke and mirrors and some sort of political ploy. So the president comes out and signs an executive order, says he'll sign an executive order to try and split the baby, if you will, and, and extend these horrible federal unemployment benefits. These, this is a huge mistake. Again, when the history books are written, they're going to say, what? Scratch their heads. What what were they thinking on this one? Uh, paying people to stay home and not seek employment. You know, I've always, as a parent, I've always lived by the old adage, no pain, no gain. And, you know, at the gym too, you know, in many aspects of my life. And I don't mean I whoop my daughter, never touch my daughter. <laughs> but what I mean is, if, if you make it too easy for your child, they're never going to learn, right? You just hand them things. They're never going to learn how to earn those things once they're uh, broken out of the cocoon. As, as I always use the metaphor of my daughter, and she actually reminds me of it once in a while, that you've got to let that caterpillar, as it turns into a butterfly, push its way out of the cocoon. Otherwise, if you cut that caterpillar out you help that caterpillar out as it turns into a butterfly it doesn't have it's building muscle if you will i'm oversimplifying here but the bottom line is 
you can't help that butterfly be a butterfly. You've got to let the process happen. And, and some of it involves, no doubt, some pain, but growth along the way. And so the American people don't need more unemployment at the federal level, at the state level, any level. The American people need freedom. The American people need liberty. The American people need the free market system to function. But the president is trying to help. It's an election year. The guy needs to be reelected. We need Donald Trump to win and Joe Biden to lose. And if this is what it takes, fine. So he signs these executive orders to try and extend the federal unemployment benefits. Of course, it's never enough for Nancy Pelosi, is it? Roll tape. I agree with the Republican senator said it was unconstitutional slop. Uh, while it Stop has- tape. You know, I, I got to give Nancy credit here. She knows unconstitutional when she sees it. And to be honest with you, that was the first thing that was flowing through my veins when I was thinking about this and, and analyzing it. But again, it's an election year. The president is trying to do something here uh, because these 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 people, by the way, they're going to sp- if they come to an agreement, Pelosi and Schumer and McConnell, if they come to an agreement, it's going to be somewhere in the order of another two trillion, maybe three trillion dollars. Is anybody out there besides me saying, hey, wait a minute, another two, three trillion dollars that we don't have? We can't afford this. There's no money. This is phony money. This is monopoly money. It doesn't exist. This is deficit spending to the nth degree. I didn't check the debt clock recently, but last I did is 26, closing in on $27 trillion, somewhere around there. And most of that has been spent in the last 10 years. This is out of control, crazy. You can't keep doing this kind of stuff. This is no different than running up a huge bill on your credit card that you know you can't pay. You can't, you can't come close to paying the bill on your credit card, yet we keep doing it. And Nancy Pelosi uh, is now this constitutional scholar, even though she has run roughshod over the Constitution. And would, now just think of it this way, reverse the bet, right? It's the way we always say on the golf course, reverse the bet. If Barack Obama had done this unilateral action, these executive orders, what would Nancy Pelosi be saying? Oh, she's saying, well, that's the right thing to do. It's the wonderful thing to do. It's the righteous thing to do. But no, because this is the election cycle brought to you by Saul Alinsky, up is down and down is up. So everything the president does is wrong. Right, Nancy? Roll tape. The illusion of saying we're going to have a moratorium on evictions. It says, I'm going to ask you, uh, the folks in charge, to study if that's feasible. Stop tape. This whole eviction thing. I have an article uh, out of California that talks about how rents are declining in the Bay Area. Yay. <laughs> we're creating a disaster, folks. Um, eviction moratorium. That's a symptom of the problem. That's not the problem. The problem isn't Americans being evicted. The problem is the government shutting down their ability to earn a living. That is the problem. And so it it concerns me when we start 
throwing monies and we start throwing government programs and we start seeing these reactions by government to a symptom of a problem that government created. It is a classic circular firing squad that we're talking about here. But Nancy Pelosi, of course, wants to pick this apart. Again, the president trying to do something in an election year. In a crisis, yes. The pandemic, so-called, is not the crisis. The response by government is the crisis. Roll tape. He says he's going to do the, the uh, uh, payroll tax. What he's doing is undermining Social Security. Stop. <laughs> this is precious. All of a sudden, Nancy Pelosi's concerned about Social Security. Nancy Pelosi and the Republicans have been raiding the Social Security Trust Fund for decades. Social Security is in trouble not because Donald Trump wants to reduce the payroll tax for a little while, or maybe permanently. doesn't really matter. The bottom line is, it, Social Security is not going insolvent because of what Donald Trump is proposing to do. Social Security is going insolvent because Congress is not doing its fundamental job. Congress is not fixing the problem. Social Security has become a Ponzi Scheme. There are simply, in the end, we're hurtling toward not enough people paying into the system to pay for the retirees. And there should be a trust fund. There should be an account for every American as they put in to Social Security, but that's not the way it works. And Congress is refusing to fix the problem. Social Security, Medicare are going to be insolvent in the next decade. Both of them are on a fast track to imploding, but Nancy Pelosi, who is exacerbating the problem over the years and continues to exacerbate the problem, refuses to do anything about it. And likewise, Chuck Schumer. Roll tape. And unfortunately, the president's executive orders described in one word could be paltry in three words, unworkable, weak, and far too narrow. The event at the country club is just what Trump does, a big show, but it doesn't do anything. And as the American people look at these executive orders, they'll see they don't come close to doing the job. Stop it. Is anybody, is anybody out there speaking as I am that you cannot continue to do this, that the simple solution is to open up the states and stop this nonsense? Stop the profligate spending that's going on in Washington, D.C. It's going to bankrupt my daughter's future. There's no doubt about it. We may live to see the bankruptcy, but without a doubt, my daughter is going to live to see it. And so here we have Chuck Schumer talking about how it's not enough. And for the Democrats, of course, it's never enough. It's never enough because they want to overload the system, because Saul Alinsky is governing everything that they do. Cloward Piven, same thing. And so that's all Chuck Schumer cares about. Chuck Schumer cares about overloading the system so we have chaos, so government can come in to the rescue, a.k.a. Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, and impose their radical ideology on all of America. The interesting thing is, as the economy struggles right now, this headline out of Zero Hedge uh, caught my eye. 
job openings soar amid record surge in Americans quitting their jobs. Now, think about this. We're in a pandemic, right? We're in an economic calamity, and millions of Americans are, quote, quitting their jobs. So why would this be happening, and, and where are the jobs being left? Well, if you, if you parse it out, the jobs are being abandoned, mostly in hospitality. It says job openings rose, these are job openings, rose in a number of industries with the largest increases in accommodation and food services of 198,000. Other, quote, services, 69,000. Entertainment, recreation, 34,000. So these are all lower-paying jobs. Back to Chuck Schumer. Schumer wants the full $600. He, He wants the full Monty, right? He wants the full $600 and the president proposing $400. Again, it pains me even to talk this way. There should be $0 coming from the federal government. We need an open economy. That's what we need. We don't need dollars being redistributed at the federal level. But Schumer, of course, um, wants the full $600. Roll tape. In two ways. One, what is what they proposed. And second, what's left out. Uh, what's proposed on the unemployment benefit. First, the $600 a week has been very successful. It's kept millions of people out of poverty. It's pumped more money into the economy. Stop tape. See, so um, Schumer believes that redistribution of wealth should happen at the federal level, at all levels, in all things. And Schumer is at the tip of the spear in terms of trying to change and remake this republic into a complete and total Marxist, socialist, functioning country. Roll tape. Consumer spending is probably the best thing going in the economy. The president says it keeps they people wanna, from working. They want to they cut it. It's, the evidence shows that's not the case. That belittles the American people. Stop tape. Doesn't belittle the American people. This is humanity. If, if you add it up and you're getting a paycheck from the government... That is more than the paycheck you're going to get waiting tables with a mask on or flipping burgers with a mask on or working in a hotel somewhere with a mask on. If you can sit at home without a mask on and collect as much or more than if you're over here being forced to work all day with a mask, what are you going to do? Of course you're going to stay home. It's a no-brainer. And that is why that is one of the reasons why the federal government should not be involved in this at all, at any level. I don't care if it's a dime you're giving these people. I have talked to restaurateurs after restaurateurs, and they have all said the same thing, that during these small windows of when in certain states like California, when they're allowed to reopen, when it was time to rehire and try and, and, and scramble to get the doors open again and your customers back, they had extreme difficulty rehiring their staff. Why? Because of what Chuck Schumer is lying about here. Chuck Schumer is lying through his teeth. He knows the truth. He knows that it's becoming more and more difficult to rehire people because they're getting paid to stay home. That's effectively what's going on. But again, this helps foment the uncertainty and the chaos here, what, 90 days or so or less before the 
November election. And Schumer knows this. And so it is Mayor Lightweight in Chicago. And so it is Governor Cuomo in New York. And so it is Governor Cuomo, uh, Governor Newsom in California. Whitmer, Whitmer, who's on the short list of Joe Biden. More on that in a moment. Apparently she's number three. <laughs> Crazy Governor Whitmer in Michigan is number three on the short list uh, for sloppy Joe Biden's vice presidential nominee. It's never going to happen. She's she's I don't even believe she's on the list, but somebody somewhere came up with their own little list and she's number three. But this headline out of the Hill pretty much sums all of this up. This is where this is all heading toward FEC commissioner, quote, substantial chance, unquote, of no results on election night. This is what Schumer and Pelosi and all the radicals in the Democrat Party are hurtling us toward with the chaos that they're sowing and allowing this chaos to spill out in the streets. Why we can't have polls open on Election Day with rioting in the streets of Portland, right? For the safety and sanity of the great people of Oregon, we're going to have to mail all your ballots. I think Oregon does it anyway. But you get my point here. We have a virus out there. Oh, my. We can allow people to go to Costco and Walmart. We can allow them to function in certain circles. But no, no. We can't have people go to a polling place on Election Day. We're going to have to mail in their ballots because this virus is very, very serious. And that's why so many people have picked up on what I've said from probably March or April of this year. And that is the virus is mysteriously going to end on November 4th, one way or another. Win or lose Joe Biden, win or lose Donald Trump, this is all about trying to affect the outcome of the election. That's what all of this, the chaos in the streets, the allowing the rioting to go on, the Portland protests, the Wuhan coronavirus reaction by blue state and blue city leaders. All of this is funneling, hurtling us all toward one thing, and that is their beneficial election results on November 3rd. That's what this is all about. And so the chaos being sowed now is going to continue for another two and a half months until election day and until the Democrats get their desired result. And if they don't get their desired result on November 3rd, then they will pick up where they left off and they'll spin it. They'll get a little respite, but then we'll see it again in 2022, guaranteed. And so all these people now are wringing their hands about Joe Biden and who he's going to choose as his running mate as the Democrats. Remember, this is all about pushing Joe Biden over the finish line, the Manchurian candidate. That's what Joe Biden is. He's the Manchurian candidate. He's an empty suit. And he, you know, some people are out there saying it's elder abuse, pushing him out there, allowing him to make a fool of himself. I, you can frame it however you want. Joe Biden is the empty suit. And the radical Democrat Party is filling it in. And we know he made a deal with the devil, a.k.a. Bernie Sanders. Hey, Bernie, you drop out. I will adopt your agenda. And that's exactly your radical agenda. And that's exactly what 
has happened. And Wall Street is out. Here's a report out of the New York Times that says Wall Street is backing Joe Biden. No. That is misinformation. That's a lie. That is the biased mainstream media trying to affect voters and and crush Trump supporters. Don't believe it. Just like the polls, don't believe this headline that Wall Street is backing Joe Biden. What Wall Street is doing is hedging its bet. And Wall Streeters do this all the time. They donate to both candidates the way they, they win. Either way, right? Wall Street wants Donald Trump to be reelected. But Wall Street also has to be ready for a Joe Biden administration, right? Just like we had to brace ourselves for eight years of Barack Obama and gross domestic product lower than 2% for eight long years, Wall Street figured out a way, right? At two terms of Obama, Wall Street figured out a way to continue its upward trend after the the big drop in 2008-2009. And Wall Street is going to figure out a way if sloppy Joe Biden uh, happens to, to, to squeak in there. I do not believe that anybody with a brain, just like most people in the military are not going to support Joe Biden, I do not believe that most people on Wall Street are going to support Joe Biden for President of the United States. They are bracing for the worst. And frankly, it's a smart move. We all ought to brace for the worst. Hope for the best. Work for the best. Try and and make sure that there is a proper environment for Donald Trump to be reelected. I'm hoping. I'm working at it. I'm praying. But I'm fully engaged in trying to help the White House uh, engage with the American people and get the proper messaging out that the president does care about the Wuhan coronavirus. The president has done everything that he can in response at the federal level to the Wuhan coronavirus, and that the president needs to be out there every night engaging the American people with these fireside chats to let the American people know exactly what he's doing, completely bypassing the mainstream media. This is very, very important. And it's something that Joe Biden cannot do. And that is, by the way, the ledger register for this week. Here's the question. Is Joe Biden choosing his running mate or is the Democrat Party deciding for him? Now, I will tell you something. Some folks have already been answering uh, this question, both on my website, GrahamLedger.com. That is GrahamLedger.com. And also on the ZipApp.com, if you enter Ledger in the quick code box in the Zip app, you will see the question pop right up. You don't have to filter through all the questions on the Zip app. But I will give you a little preview. Early voting. It's not mail-in balloting. This is voting online. (laughs) I don't have to tabulate the the mail-ins because there is none. Uh, But the early voting is overwhelmingly in one direction. I'm not going to tell you which direction, but it's overwhelmingly in one direction. And just remember that this is the uh, the election brought to you by Saul Alinsky. Everything that we're seeing right now is designed and written by, scripted by Saul Alinsky. It's the radical Democrats who are executing it. And we have to speak up. The silent majority during this election cycle must be silent no more, or we're going to lose this republic, whether we like that or not. 
This edition of the Ledger Report is on its way to the Archives Library of Congress. Thank you for watching and listening. I'm Graham Ledger. And remember, even when I'm wrong, I am right.